the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to Thursday, the date day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, and I warn you in advance, Paula looks ready to go and smart today, so if you need any encouragement from her, all you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app and as always if you're driving in your car the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen you'll be connected directly to our studio producer Paula thanks for being here you're welcome thanks for hanging out with me today you're quite welcome for that as well so what's up well you know I was just thinking I'm not sure how I want to start this show because I was, let me see, normally... Well, the show just started, so... You're going to give me an attitude. <laughs> <laughs> you have to choose. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, it's, I'm, talk, I'm choosing right as I'm talking oh, about Oh, okay. It. Okay. Oh, you're a little smarty today, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I was thinking, you know, the last couple of studies, it's been about, you know, can't touch this. Uh, can't touch this. And so in Leviticus, and so far... I wish I'd have thought about that for an opening last night. But you're not as funny as me. No, I'm not. I just... Yeah, and that just wouldn't have come to your mind. No. See, that's what I'm saying. So that's okay. We all have different gifts. Um, But in the Leviticus, you know, last night especially, was, you know, last week the two sons were, were killed. And this t- last night when you started out, it said the two remaining sons. <laughs> That's like, wow. It's like he's already into his spare tires already. You know, he, he says, if something happens to these yeah. kids. <laughs> this is it right here. Mm-hmm. You got these two left. I hope they don't mess up because what are you going to do if, if they do? So, you know, can't touch this. So I was looking. <laughs> I really wish I'd have thought of that. I know. I wish, you, you know. But if you were if you were me, then. There would be no need for me to be here, so um, that's why I'm here. The Lord is is funny. He's got a sense of humor. So, you know, besides Leviticus, in Second in, uh, Corinthians 6.17, the Lord is telling his people, you know, the context is do not be yoked with unbelievers. So he says to them in verse 17, Therefore come out from them and be separate. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. And, you know, with the studies we've been having, the Lord lists the unclean things. So we already know, you know. And if you're in your word at all, and I am because I live at your house. (laughs) 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 And, you know, I'm sure the, the, of course, I'm sure the Lord knew this. 
what a dumb thing to say. Of course he knew that you were going to lose your vision over the years, and so he knew how much word I needed, so he said, I better put her with him. (laughs) (laughs) So I would be in the Bible more than, than most people probably. So not that I get it all, but, you know, that when self comes up, it's like, oh, that's what that meant. So, yeah, therefore come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. So being, you know, you you listed last night uh, temptations and things like that. Um, And and we really do know, you know, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That's in personal relationships, business relationships, you know, just even casual relationships. I mean, What do darkness and light have in common, John says. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the the problem is we want to be accepted by everybody. Even Paul says, "I become all things to all people," but the focus was so that they would be saved. It's not I become all things doing what all the people do to be accepted by them, but I I do all things, you know, with other people with holiness that they would see God. Um, and so, so let me see. And then I have another one, First Corinthians five eleven. Oh, poor thing, you don't have your your um, screen anymore, huh? So well, I, have to, I have to look these up. You don't get to check them out for me. So anyway, okay. So in First Corinthians five eleven, it says, "But now, well, let me go back." It says, "I've written you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people." Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. But now I am writing you, Christians, that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or a swindler. With such a man do not even eat. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked man from among you. And that was a, well, I'm telling you, like you don't know. That was a a man in the church. He was being sexually immoral. And evidently the people in the church knew about it and just weren't saying anything. You know, and I know as you teach, you think he must have been a pretty good giver. (laughs) <laughs> well, he was, he was certainly an influencer guy. Nobody wanted to rub him the wrong way. And it's likely that he was a very generous man as well uh, because he wanted to be accepted in his sin mm-hmm. rather than having to come out from his sin. Let me go back just a little bit, Paula, so the audience can have a little context with this. We were studying in Leviticus, and I began last night by saying that that uh, Leviticus is, is all and only about clean and unclean. Mm-hmm. Um you know, God hates sin, and he hates the effects of sin. And uh, in the chapter we were in last night, uh, it was just a list, 47 verses of, of foods you can eat and foods you can't eat. Mm-hmm. And the idea was these foods are detestable to you. These animals are detestable, or, or these are okay. And, um, you, you know, obviously we're not under the law. That was a very specific message at a very specific time. Uh, but the reality is, is that, that the application for us uh, is enormous because God tells us all the time, uh, do this, it's okay, but you can't do this. Mm-hmm. Don't touch that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we do that all the time. You know, we, we want to f- see, okay, how much can I get away with and still be acceptable to God? Mm-hmm. Instead of the called out and be separate part. You know, we're, we're called to be different, just like Israel was called to be different from the pagan peoples uh, in their 40-year wilderness. Um, and and the, the reality, sad reality, is that we look a lot like the world, uh, whether it's sexual immorality, unequally yoked relationships, alcohol, drugs. Uh, I had a question this this week about, um, well, if it's permissible, how could it be bad? Why wouldn't God want me to do it? Um, you know, we forget that, that Paul also said, the scripture is beautiful because you have to take it as a whole. Um, he, he said, I'm free to do all things, but not all things are beneficial to me. All things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and, and I will not be mastered by any. 
And and we we decide to touch things that God says don't touch. <laughs> mm-hmm. I went off last because I can handle it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. What? Uh, I went off last night on social media. Uh, you know the things that we say, the 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 language that we use, the gossip, the the the, the arguing, um, just our, our insatiable appetite to know everybody else's business. And God says, don't touch those things. They're not good for you. Mm-hmm. Bad company corrupts good character. Mm-hmm. We see that mm-hmm. all the time. And the one picture that I try to <coughs> communicate at the beginning was, think about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because um, imagine Nebuchadnezzar's table with all these wonderful foods, mm-hmm. these delicious things. And, and Daniel and these three... Uh, friends of his said, no, we will not defile ourselves. They'd made a decision. And I hope one of the messages I communicated last night was that we've got to make a decision not to defile ourselves with the things of this world. And and our, our thing, you and I were talking at breakfast this morning, um, you know, the, the Christian world that we are a part of, it's, oh, no, that's not a big deal. I can do that when, in fact, sin is a very big deal. And, and when God says don't touch it, mm-hmm. it's not because he doesn't want us to have fun. Mm-hmm. It's because he wants us uh, to be separated, consecrated to him. And we just don't get that. We don't really trust him. Paula, we've got Reuben on line one from oh, Seguin. Let's get back to our conversation after we invite Reuben into it. Reuben, thanks for calling. You're on the air. God bless you, Pastor Ron and Mama Paula. It was good to hear your voice. Y'all's voice, and I hope that you guys are doing well today. Thank you, Ruben. Um, Thank you, um, Ruben. Did, let me let me interrupt you just for a second. Did you hear the program yesterday? Unfortunately, no, I didn't. Okay, well, we had somebody call in his and was, name was John. his name was John, and he was worried about and wondering about how well you are because he hadn't heard you. And I said, well, uh, Reuben, I'm sure is doing well, but uh, I, I know you'd want to know that people are praying for you. And uh, he called in yesterday to, no, to get the information. Tuesday. Tuesday. He called in Tuesday mm-hmm. to get the mm-hmm. get the scoop. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's, that's a, you know, it, it blesses my heart to, to hear that because I've, these past three months have been, I mean, just difficult for me. And in the past three weeks since my dad passed away has really flipped my world upside down. And, yeah. you know, my normal day-to-day, uh, you know, uh, everything that I was doing, you know, taking care of him from the time from like 5 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night, that's completely changed. And uh, I'm like, I'm lost. Like I, I don't know what to do. And um, the co- reason I'm calling is well, number one, I want to thank everybody. That that just blessed my heart right there. I, I needed to hear that, uh, John. If you're listening, man, thank you so much for your prayers and for your concern and everybody else that's that's taking time. That I and I know that there's a, a lot more people that I don't know, obviously that are praying for me, and that, that means so much because I need it. Um, the reason I was calling is because I'm like, my mind has just been in a fog and, and just can't really try to focus. And, and you know, um, I, I want to get back into reading the Bible and the Word of God the way that I used to. And obviously, I strayed away from it and, you know, just things happened, and well, you know, my my question is, Pastor Ryan, like, what advice can you give me to? I don't want to play Bible roulette, if you know what I mean. Like, sure. you know, I don't want to play Bible roulette. Um, so, what's it? What do you suggest I do when, like, where do I start reading? What What do I do, or how How would I pray? Because, like, I'm I'm like, I mean, I know how to pray, but just. Like right now, I'm just lost, yeah. you know. And, and and I know God's with me. I know that He's with me. And I and I, you know, it, like I said, it blessed my heart to hear about John. I don't even know him, but John, thank you. But what what advice can you give me? Like, where do I begin? How do I begin? What do I pray the Holy Spirit to guide me and lead me into? To where do I start? Yeah. 
couple of things, Ruben, and thank you for that. And and you can listen uh, on off uh, off the phone and on the air. Um, Ruben, a couple of things. One, uh, with with your eyes wide open, understand that you're in a fight right now. Um, the enemy has no mercy. Uh, he's not going to take it easy on you. And people that are grieving, Reuben, are a prime target. So you've got to toughen up. Now, grief is grief, but you've got to toughen up because you're the the object of, of the enemy's attack now. So you've got to toughen up. This is a battle. Don't be surprised when you suffer trials of many kinds. Um, that's a combination paraphrase of James and Peter. Trials happen to everybody. And so now you have to do what you don't feel like doing. I, you know, when I'm, my heart is broken, uh, I don't feel like opening the Bible. I don't feel like uh, spending time with the Lord. Uh, I just want to do nothing and feel sorry for myself. Uh, you can't give yourself that luxury because of the enemy who's prowling around like a roaring lion looking to devour you at, the, at, the, at just the opportune time. So that's the first thing. Toughen up a little bit. Secondly, uh, in the Word, uh, um, the, the Psalms is probably the best place for somebody who's grieving. Um, th- th- there's so much in there that will minister directly to your heart and to your mind. So read the Psalms. And I would suggest as a companion to that, um, this is an opportunity for you to read the book of Philippians. You can read it 10 times in almost, um, I mean, in, 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 in a day you can read it 10 times. It's not that much. Um, but 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 go through the Psalms and and uh, then add Philippians and just let the Holy Spirit do whatever it is that He's going to do. Uh, the one thing, and you mentioned roulette with the Bible, uh, that is never a way to read the Bible. Just open it and that's where you start. Read it systematically when you start in a book, the Book of Psalms. Then keep reading it because there's going to be a Psalm there for every mood swing, every uh, moment of grief, um, moments of joy and praise and worship. And then when I combine that, Reuben, with your worship background uh, and your creativity, um, um, the, the Lord will really speak to you. And do the same thing with Philippians. Read it, but read it systematically. Uh, if you're going to read uh, chapter 1 of Philippians, read it two or three times. And then um, um, just take the time, quiet things down, and let the Lord speak to you. And he's the one, remember, he's the one, Philippians will tell you this, who began a good work in you and will be faithful to complete it. He's the one who will lead you and direct you and strengthen you uh, in, in the difficulty that you're going through. And then finally, don't be hard on yourself. When people are grieving, uh, they go through all kinds of phases. So just be honest with the Lord, open up to him, and quiet things down in your life so that you can hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. And I promise you, Reuben, the Lord will draw near to you in your time of grief. Uh, it's okay to give yourself times of joy and laughter, and, and you're going to go up and you're going to go down. That's okay. But but bathe yourself in the Word of God and uh, let the Holy Spirit do whatever it is that he wants to do in this time. It's It's in these times of grief that Jesus is in the process of making you more like him than you've ever been before. That's why Paul calls it sharing in the fellowship of Jesus' sufferings. Good to hear from you, Reuben. You know that people are praying for you constantly, so um, hang in there. God bless you, my friend. 340-9585 if you have any questions uh, or comments, especially with Paula being here. Paula, pick up where you left off. and Yeah, so we're talking about... Um can't touch that you know the lord says i want you to uh do this and not do that well in colossians which is where you're going to start this coming tomorrow yeah tomorrow right yes right well tomorrow you'll say oh we've come to the end of another week it blows my mind we're almost at the end of september yeah oh my goodness we got one more week right one more week yeah okay well in colossians starting at at uh, chapter 3 verse 5 it says and this is the Lord talking. 
You know, that's the other thing I was thinking of. How do we make the Lord smile? How do we make God smile? Well, he says to us in Ephesians 5, 10, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. You know, try to discern what's pleasing to the Lord. We don't really have to discern it. We just need to get in the Word and <laughs> he'll tell you. Uh, but then he says, if you love me, you will obey me. You know, that's the do's and the don'ts. I don't. I want you to do this, and I don't want you to do that. Yes, sir. That should be our response, right? Yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. And for, so, every, for everybody in the audience who has a Bible study program, and most of you do, mm-hmm. uh, go, go to your concordance and put in the will of God. The will of God, okay. And just push enter, mm-hmm. and all of the this is the will of God's will come up. Oh, So yes. you don't have to wor- wonder what the will of God is. Uh-huh. You don't have to wonder... Uh, what God wants you to do in any given situation mm-hmm. because it's right there for you um, from cover to cover over and over and over. Yeah. And when when um, you just read from Ephesians, um, what's the will of God? Find out what pleases mm-hmm. him. That's, that's, that's yeah. high on the list. That's high on the so list. So find out what pleases the Lord. Yeah. Uh, flee from sexual immorality. Yeah. This is the will of God for mm-hmm. you. All those things. Yeah. The things that we're told not to touch, mm-hmm. that we keep touching because, well, our flesh likes those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got to make a decision. Are we going to do what God says? Or are we going to do what our flesh says? Yeah. What the world around us says or what the enemy says? Yeah. And the idea of separation, Paul, is so foreign to, to most Christians um, no, I can fit in the world. There's no way that we can fit in this world. Yeah, the world that we live in. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, let me, you might want to stop me, and, and you're free to do it, even though it's my show. You're free to stop me because <laughs> you are still Pastor Ron. You know how how to teach this stuff. So, starting in verse five, put to death, therefore. That's a that's a do. This is a do. Do this. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, which you keep talking about impurity. Lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. That's just one of many verses that I'm going to be reading. So did you need to say anything there? That's pretty self-explanatory? Pretty self-explanatory. Okay. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. E. You used to walk in these ways. And so, of course, he's talking to Christians. And I guess he's presuming or assuming that we want to please the Lord because... You know, that's what he's saying. So he's saying, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, you mentioned that last night in the list of the temptations. You know, we're so used to being angry um, and feeling justified in it. I'm talking about me. So don't everybody think I'm judging you, so I'm not. So anger, rage, malice, slander, and here's one, and filthy language from your lips. You know, I I know some Christians who, they just think, they don't even say, oops, that I, that slipped. That's just their regular language. I'm like, wow, I, I used to talk like that, but the Lord just let me get away with it. So I'm just going to trust him with you that you're going to feel some two-by-fours upside your head any minute now. Verse 9, do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. And see, that's the thing, too, where you're saying that so many of us have really not taken off our old self. We have the new self, but they're cohabiting with the old self. Um, We still are lying to each other, lying to ourselves. Um, And the Lord's saying, I want you to stop that. And so verse 10 goes, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. You know, we sing songs, Lord, I want to be more like you. I want to be more like Jesus. And so if we have taken off our old self with its practices and have put on the new self, we need to be renewed in our minds all the time. And so, you know, I I tell some of the ladies, because you can feel, I can feel when I'm getting angry. I can feel it. And so it's one of those things where, you know, you can be angry. Can't do much about that. But you can decide not to sin in your anger. We have the we have the the know-how and the will because the Holy Spirit lives in us not to go there. And so I again I'm talking to myself and I'm going to be teaching again in Bastrop. 
And Pastor Ron, they keep kind of giving me everywhere I go some of the same scriptures. So it's like, is the Lord really just trying to tell me? <laughs> you need to get this down, not just as a teacher telling other people what to do, but get this yourself. So that's where I am right now. So uh, we have two minutes. So um, that is Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. Now let's stop there from one of the things about Colossians that that uh, I think works really well to help us understand is is Paul talks about taking off and putting on. Um, you know, when, when God in Leviticus says clean and unclean, mm-hmm. Paul is saying take off the unclean stuff. And, and the picture uh, that always comes to my mind is putting on a new set of clothes. Yeah. You know, when you put on a new set of clothes, you don't go out and play in the mud. No, and 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 yet so many Christians we do that, and I think, and this is what we can talk about on the other side of the break, Paul. We can start with this: is um, we we rationalize that it's okay. Well, you know, nobody's perfect, and all that does is indicate that we're going to keep doing those things. It's giving us a, an excuse and, to, yeah. yeah. And the Bible says to take those things off and put on the new things. So that we're new and different people. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the date day show, 340-9585 or toll free, 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. To the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show. Paula is live in studio, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Paula, let's start this half. Would you tell the story of Terry's school pictures? <laughs> yeah, Terry. Was, I mean, this was like kindergarten. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't even kindergarten yet. He he got to go. Let's see. So Ronnie was in the school, and so they they said send a note home saying siblings can have their picture taken if you want to. Here's the date and the time. So I got Terry all dressed up in his favorite outfit, the little yellow and white check shirt, his green jeans, um, his cowboy boots. And a, a, a leather belt that matched the boots that had his name on the back. Oh, he was looking good. Hair was combed, you know, just as cute as can be. Well, we get to the school. This is in Arizona. And the way they watered the grounds, the, the it was like, um, let me see, the big fields had a dip in it. So it kind of filled up like a swimming pool. And it was called, what was that? Irrigation. 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 irrigation, yeah. And so... A bunch of the other kids who had already had their pictures taken, you know, they're playing. They're having a great old time. And Terry saw that, and he wanted to play. Forget these pictures. <laughs> I want to play. I said, Terry, we got to go get the pictures taken. Then we'll go home, and you can change clothes, come back, and you can play with the other kids. No, I want to play now. Mm. So we go in. I said, well, you won't get this picture taken. <laughs> You are. We are here. You're going to get this picture taken. We've taken a lot of time to make you look this good. And you're going to smile. And you are going to smile. Yeah. So he was like, he was determined he was not going to smile. That poor photographer lady, she did everything she could. I, I think she may have done cartwheels and all kind of stuff. And he was determined he wouldn't go smile. And he did not. He did not smile. Well, because he didn't cooperate, there was no swimming and playing in that muddy grassy water either so there's that story but <laughs> that, that, i tell you that picture is the best one we have you, that that turned out to be our favorite picture uh-huh. because it's just he's so determined to yeah. to, to not out. smile yeah and uh you know paula a lot of christians are like that god tells us to do something or tells us not to do something mm-hmm. and we stick our bottom lip out mm-hmm. well well i don't think that's fair i don't think it's fun paula why do you think when when you use the example before the break of, of foul language. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we Christians, we just, well, well I, only, I only cussed because he made me or she made me do it or I just lost my temper. Why is it that we think that's okay? Mm-hmm. Why is it that 
that God says don't do this and we figure it's okay to do it. Mm-hmm. What what do you think goes through our minds when we're doing that? Um, only how we feel and what we think. We are so, um, and I used to be guilty, really guilty of this, um, but now that we've been here at Calvary Chapel San Antonio for a long time and the Lord's been telling you, just be with Jesus. Don't forget all that he's done for us, that gratitude would change our, gratitude changes our attitude. We forget that he says, I am always with you. This year's um, uh, sweet summer devotion of the God who sees me, we forget. We forget that he's right there going, <clears throat> you're supposed to be separate. You're supposed to be different. So why are you? We, we, we really forget that he's in our presence or we're, we're to be in his. And, and we don't care about holiness. We just care about how we feel, what we think. And so we just do what we do. And, you know, with uh, the, the squeaky gets the oil, the loudest gets the attention. Yeah, and that's what it is. If you say something kind of harsh to me, I'm, it's going to get louder and, and worse. And we don't care about what Jesus thinks. I think sometimes, Father, we take the approach, well, I didn't mean that, and God knows it. But but well, our behavior matters. Yeah. And and for everybody listening in the audience, there's a question you've got to answer for yourself. Why is it that as a Christian you think you have the right to do the things that God tells you not to do, yeah. uh, to touch the things he tells you not to touch? And language is one of them. Paul, you know my story. Uh, I, I had a filthy mouth before I got saved. Um, I was a, a, a baseball player, a, a car dealer, you know, I, just filthy language was part of what we did. Mm-hmm. And um, after I got saved, um, I didn't swear. Now, I, I'm, I'm saved 32 years, and I've cussed one time mm-hmm. in the 32 years. Yeah, but um, the place you did it. Yeah, and the place, <laughs> I, it was really embarrassing. God used it as a lesson. Yeah. Word just came out of my mouth. And um, I looked at the, the face of the young man that I was talking to about godly things, mm-hmm. giving him some counsel, and he was shocked. And uh, I was so humiliated, so embarrassed and ashamed. I think part of the problem, you hear me say this in Bible says all the time, uh, Americans have forgotten how to blush. We've forgotten that being ashamed is a good thing when you do things that you should be ashamed mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And um, we just say, well, it's okay. It's not that big a deal. But it's a very big deal yeah. in God's eyes and heart. Yeah, yeah. It's been a few years now, Ram, but I was counseling with a young lady who had um, three children, never married, all three different fathers, all three were either pastor or a leader in a church. The fathers. The fathers were. Yeah. We have no fear of God. Yeah. And nobody was saying anything. And, and sadly, every time we do something that we know we're not supposed to do, I think it boils down to that we have no fear of God. Jesus becomes our buddy who gets us. Well, he knows my heart. Whatever excuses that we make. And what we've got to do is communicate to people. Obviously, we've got to live it out ourselves. But we've got to communicate to people that God takes these things very seriously. And he wants to bless our lives. I said last night that... We think God is trying to keep us from having fun or depriving us of the things that will satisfy us, when in fact what God is trying to do is keep us in a place where he can pour out his blessing upon us and through us to other people, um, uh, where we can be used for God's glory. And if we decide to do things he tells us not to do, well, then we just disqualify ourselves. And, and, and to rationalize it, somehow God's okay with it. Is is really really harmful, Paul. Yeah, yeah. You listed um, temptations last night. That people who go to bars, you know, on the way home, maybe for work, from work or whatever, just gonna get one or two on the way home or whatever. Um, people who and see, this is not only just men going to the bars. And the next thing I'm gonna <clears throat> mention, uh, porn. It's not just men anymore. Uh, gossip. That's not only women. You know, kind of the stereotype 
is the bars and the porn of the men and the gossip, the women. It's not that at all. It's everybody. And even in one of the scriptures, it says neither, there's neither Jew nor uh, Greek, male or female. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> alcohol. That's, Before you go past porn, I, I mentioned last night in my Bible study that I'm dealing with seven and eight-year-olds. Unreal. When you said that, I just was like... Yeah, seven no and eight-year-olds who have been exposed to pornography, mm-hmm. usually through the phones of their friends. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to their friend's house and play, and the little boys go, look at this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, when you see that, and you see the damage, and you see the control, even at that age, that Satan is trying to take over those kids, just because that portal has been opened... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's devastating. It's absolutely devastating. And, and to see a, a seven or an eight-year-old who's struggling with that temptation, who doesn't understand the power that raised Christ from the dead living in him, mm-hmm. all he understands is, I saw this thing, and, and now I can't look away. Mm-hmm. And it's consuming them. That's what's happened because pornography is the not-so-silent, silent sin of the Church of Jesus Christ. Um, we look at it. I had a question on this program a couple of weeks ago. Is it okay for a husband and wife to look at porn, you know, to get him in the mood to have sex? Um, those things have to be kept far from us. Yeah, that's that's just worldly. Yeah. That's well, what the world does. But all the do not touches are worldly yeah, things. Yeah. And, and whether it's pornography or foul language, uh, as long as we keep justifying it, what that really means is... Thank you, God, for dying for my sins. But I'm going to do that again. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do it again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we... And I'm going to cry. We feel no shame. <laughs> no, some people cry and they do it again. Yeah. Yeah. But when they're crying, they know they're going to do it again. Yeah. It's not something you decided to put away. Yeah. Do not touch yeah. means do not touch. Yeah. yeah. And I like in the Leviticus study last night, God kept referring to the carcasses of the unclean. Do not touch the carcass. And, and you know, uh, when we're touching unclean things, mm-hmm. uh, we've reverted to a carcass-like state uh, in our own walk with the Lord. Yeah. And, and we're completely prohibiting the power of the Holy Spirit from being manifest through our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Hard stuff. Yeah, it is hard stuff. Um, and, I, you know, we don't want to leave everybody with... Uh, Negative, you know, because God sees everything. He already knows what you're going to do in the next moment. Um, and you do say that sometimes God, because he loves us so much, he'll take us out of this world. Not threaten anybody with death, but, you know, he, he might say, you're going to cross the line if I let you do this. And so he'll take us out. But um, you said last night, if you've already sinned, God makes provision. You know, he makes provision for that. Wash your clothes and be cleansed. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about Leviticus. I, I just said there's a beautiful thing about Leviticus. Yeah, that's but that one be- thing. But the beautiful thing about Leviticus is the constant attention to the offering of the sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. And then all we have to do is is repent. By, by that I mean stop doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't say, oh, I'm so sorry, Lord, and cry big crocodile tears, but, but know that we're going to do it again. Yeah. We could say, I don't want to do this anymore, Lord. I don't want to touch this unclean thing yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, and if we'll do that, then we're free from guilt. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Paul tells the Romans in chapter 8, verse 1. Yeah. Um, so there's no need to do guilt. I said earlier, we've lost the ability to blush. Mm-hmm. We've lost the ability to feel shame. Mm-hmm. And and shame is a good thing when you've done shameful things. Yeah, you had a question the other day. Uh, somebody says, if you say that we don't have to be guilty, so why do I feel guilty? You know, and you said, guilt is good if you're guilty. Yeah. yeah. We had counseling the other day. I said, I feel, if, if the guy says, I feel kind of guilty. Well, did you do something to feel guilty about? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now let's deal with the guilt. Yeah. It, it, it can put, be it completely be put away. That's right. Yeah. It, but it's it, not something we can say, well, okay. Yeah. I'm going to touch it again. Yeah. I know I'm going to do it. Yeah. I, you know, Paula. What? I'm just making a decision about how in-depth I want to go on this. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's so frustrating for me to have Christians, especially men, who will come to me and say, I've been struggling with this for 
two years or ten years. Decades. I mean, how long do you struggle with something before the power of God delivers you from it? Why do we run back into the things that we were rescued from? Mm -hmm. And we do it because we're in the flesh. We're sowing to the flesh rather than the spirit. We're not just being with Jesus. Instead, we're hanging around with people who are... um, Doing other things. I, I don't know. We, we, bad company corrupts good character. It looks like we've got a phone call on line one. Alan from San Antonio. Alan, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. Paul, Hi. how are you? Hi, Hi, Alan. It was so good to see you last week. Uh, it was. It was great. I, you know, the temperature went down, and so I was able to go and mm-hmm. uh, waiting for the temperature to go down again. Uh, because I sure miss going to church, and uh, it was uh, nice to see you both. Yeah. Good, Alan. Uh, what's up? Oh, I uh, just wanted to say hello, and um, and uh, I was uh, reflecting on the the Bible study that you told us from Leviticus about Aaron and the priests and all this, mm-hmm. and uh, it just reminded me how you know how God uh, how God explains Himself. Uh, he's the creator, and he creates us. And he um, normally, even our, even political people or bosses or even just normal people, never really explain themselves. Mm. And God always explains Himself, and He's in such a high position. And and uh, so I was just reflecting on that, and it's a really wonderful thing because yeah. uh, that uh, He's so humble that uh, you know He'll explain Himself to. Uh, the people and the reasons why he does things. And I guess it, and then I heard somewhere also that always return to God. I mean, never in prayer, whatever happens, whatever be the case, because uh, you uh, you uh, related it to Abel and Abel's offering and Cain's offering. And so uh, some people can, they get angry with with the Lord, and then they separate and do something terrible. And then other people, um, they go back uh, to pray, and they always return to the Lord. And so uh, it was, uh, it inspired me a lot. And um, so I, I, I whenever you know, something like that uh, happens with me, I always return to the Lord in prayer, and uh, it's just uh, really it. Um, it's very uh, wonderful thing, and so. Thank you, Ellen. God bless you, man. I I really like that uh, that uh, illustration. Uh, God doesn't have to explain Himself, yeah. but He does. Yeah. Jesus said He's lowly of heart and mm-hmm. humble, mm-hmm. Um, and and God is humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad used to say, uh, "Dad, why?" I'd say, and he'd say. Because I said so. Mm-hmm. There was never any explanation. Mm-hmm. But, Dad, you don't do as any, Ronnie, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. God's never like that. Yeah, he says, I call you friends. I tell you everything. Yeah. He didn't keep any secrets. And there's That's always good. a statement of purpose. Yeah. If God says, do this or don't do this, mm-hmm. there's always a so that. I like to, mm-hmm. to look at the so that's mm-hmm. in our Bibles. Because it's a statement of purpose. Mm-hmm. God has a reason for everything that he does. Yeah. And when we don't listen at reason, then we're going to have to dig, uh, deal with the consequences. And and when we deal with the consequences, then um, that's when we're really going to be tested again and again and again and again. That's right. You said that God's trying to, in all of the Leviticus, you know, don't touch this. You can't eat this. God's trying to preserve and prolong our lives and give it great quality. Um, because he promised us an abundant life, but we only have that abundant life. And you say this all the time. We have to partner with the Lord. He's not going to t- take the temptations away. He's going to point those temptations out, and then we have to partner with him of, for me, not to go to the liquor store, not to go down the alcohol aisle at the grocery store. Not if you, to, if you have that kind of a struggle. Mm-hmm, that's the struggle. We ought to be um, able to go down the alcohol aisle and just... Laugh at the enemy. Yeah. Now, but, but, we, but that, when but we he yeah. put that his <clears throat> finger on that for me, uh, back in the day, it was like, oh wow, you know. Once the alcohol ran out in my house, he was like, okay, we, you're not buying anymore. I was like, oh man, okay. But that was the only thing that was kind of in my mind. And I'm I'm barely a Christian, but when you're a Christian, you're a Christian. It's like 
when you're pregnant, you're pregnant. You just didn't know very much. You didn't know very much. But the Lord said, I want you to stop drinking because I have a purpose for your life. This isn't good. This this getting drunk. And I wasn't really drunk, but you know what I mean. Yeah, And, and he didn't tell you the purpose. He just said, I have a purpose and wants you to trust that. Yeah, and trust that. And so to put it away, and now it's it's not even a temptation. So on Mother's Day, remember, we went to a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had any alcohol. I can't even, I mean, before we left California, way before we left California, mm-hmm. because you're at Bible college, and that was the last time. The day of, I know when it was, the day of O.J. Simpson, Simpson yeah. running on the freeway. Okay, so um, Mother's Day, this past Mother's Day, we went to a restaurant, and I ordered a non-alcoholic drink that we had had at the same restaurant in Houston or Dallas. So, uh, and it comes, and I take a drink of it, and I'm like, woo, this has something in it. And so the the waiter comes. Oh, you said that what, that's what happened. Well, go ahead. You can finish the story. I can see your face. Paula, Paula, made, Paula made me a sinner. No! She, she's, <laughs> get me behind me, Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she said, I think that has alcohol in it. Uh-huh. Now, I'm super sensitive yeah. to the smell of alcohol. Yeah. And I said, well, if it's got alcohol, I can tell in this instant. Uh, uh, what were you thinking? I don't know. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> I smelled it, and then I took a tiny little drink. Uh-huh. And I swallowed it, and went, boof! I, it was horrible. It was alcohol. Yeah. I've never had to drink of yeah, alcohol. I that, know. That, that, that killed me. <laughs> and I said, I said, Paul, I can't say anymore that I've never had a drink, because yeah. you made me drink. I, you I, you were trying to protect me out of something. I don't know. what. Why did you take that? I was like... I was just because I didn't want you to take any more drinks. <laughs> I wasn't going to. You know, I didn't want anybody to walk by and say, oh, hi, Pastor Ron and Paula. How are you doing? And, <laughs> and now you oh, got you, it in you your You got hand. a drink, yeah. So I, it, was just, it was just one of those things, <laughs> and... The I waiter mean, felt so bad. Oh, you know, I smell thing, everything before I put it I know. I'm just and, like... Yeah. It just blew me away yeah. that you tasted it. So I just, way. it was just that sip, and it was just so horrible. <laughs> I thought, I can never say I've never had a drink of alcohol thought, again. Yeah, but don't blame me. Yeah, well, it was your fault. No, it wasn't. <laughs> a waiter. Brother God, God says, when so I complained about you, God says, hey, I told you don't touch that stuff. So, but it was just, it's just one of those things that, that you find yourself in, uh, and, you know, I haven't had another drink. I, you know, it's not like I unleashed the devil or anything. Yeah, no, no, no. And I didn't take a second one. Cause I just I just knew, it just mm. it brought back memories. Yeah. I was like memories I don't want to even think about. Yeah. So and you said what you said? I like like the taste of mm. of the stuff that I drank. So, back in the day, yeah. I really did. So you didn't want to go back. To, I didn't want to Paula. Go back we're there. inside four minutes now, so let's go to Cindy on line one. Cindy, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Mama Paula and Pastor Ron. I love listening to the two of you. <laughs> just a couple of nuts. Thank you, Cindy. I just have something real quick about last night. I was thinking about how kind of neat it is that God made it kind of harder to want to sin on those sins where you had to wash your clothes. Yeah. Because they didn't have Maytags back then. It must have been a real hassle to have to wash your clothes. I mean, mm-hmm. you'd have to go haul water or hope you find a creek or however they did it. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about the comparison of, of how... Like you think, oh, I don't want to do that. Then I'd have to wash all my clothes. But now we kind of have the Holy Spirit saying, tapping us on the shoulder, saying, hey, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Get away from there. I just it was kind of a neat comparison I was thinking of. But that was such a good study last night. Pastor Ron, you're doing such a good job in <laughs> Leviticus. And I really appreciated the past two studies that you've expounded in us to pay attention to the clean and the unclean. I've really taken it to heart. So, anyways, I love you guys. I'm going to get off the phone. That's all I had to say was about the (laughs) no may tags back then. Bye. Thank thank you, Cindy. Thank you. Well, you know, know, I love what she called because she really thinks, you know, talking about may tag. That's right. They, the ladies, had to take their clothes out to the river, you know, and the rocks. They had to beat it on the rocks and stuff. And let me let me let me up the stakes a little bit. They were in the wilderness. It wasn't easy to find rivers and oh find waters. Water had to come out of rocks. Mm. Jesus was a rock, of course. But, oh, yeah. but, you know, the idea was sin costs something. Yeah. 
And and again, the, the, it's just if you're unclean, if you touch what you're not supposed to clean, you got to get touched. Well, Paula, now we're inside two minutes, mm-hmm. so um, we're going into Leviticus on Wednesday night again, and we're getting into some ugly stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Women's menstrual cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pus oozing sores yeah, and things like that. Yeah. And I have no idea what I'm going to be able to do except go gross. Uh-huh. But yeah. uh, Leviticus has been fruitful so far. Yeah, it has. And, you know, uh, you give an altar call after every study. And that's like coming to the river to get clean. You know, you're confessing your sin before God. The rest of us are all sinners. We probably all need to come to the altar every time you give an altar call. Um, but... Yeah, that gives people a real opportunity to come before the Lord and say, I don't care who knows. You know. that's You're the most important one, Lord, but I don't care who knows. And I need prayer from all of my brothers and sisters. And so I'm coming to the altar today, Lord, and I'm going to confess. And he says, yeah, I want you to confess, but I want you to renounce. It's not enough to confess that you got a sin, but to renounce. That means put that thing away. Don't go to the store. Don't go down the, and you can. I can go in the store now. It doesn't even affect me. But back then it did. Mm-hmm. But to have to resolve that yeah. you're done. We forget the idea of confession is not just saying it. Mm-hmm. It's agreeing with God about it. Yeah. About the matter. Yeah. That's yeah. what yeah. real confession already is. Hey, Paula, thanks for being here, and as always, it was great. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you've been listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life. And Lord willing, I will be back tomorrow on AM 630 The Word at 4 o'clock. I'll see you then. God bless you. for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.